Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And you know what got me started? What made sure my voice got out there? It was Anchor. And why did I choose Anchor to host my podcast? Well, easy. It was free. And they have all these amazing tools built right into the app. So it's really easy to get started and get your voice out there. And the best part, they make sure to distribute your podcast everywhere it needs to go. Like Apple, Google, Spotify, and so much more. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Listening to Musings of Modern Muslims with Freeney. Episode 6 Deal with It. Part 1. Let's start this episode with one of my stories. These narratives I have to help you understand why the hell I choose the topics I do. I had PPD. For those of for those of you who don't know, it's one of the most common after effects after childbirth. Postpartum depression. Literally, it means having feelings of depression sadness, and just generally feeling disconnected from a new baby. Absurd, right? People don't get it, especially many Muslims. And make a note, I said Muslims, and not Islam, because many of those practicing are the biggest hypocrites. Religious hypocrisy has been covered in episode 4, and I'm sure it will be covered again, because it's something that keeps coming up over and over. Okay, back to the story. So picture this, a beautiful, crisp November day in the city of Boston. It was bright and sunny. The cold was there, but the light offset it. I had just given birth the night before to my son, and I felt nothing. You heard it, I felt nothing. So here I am in the eighth floor of Mass General, beautiful Charles River view, seeing all the sights that make Boston famous, and feeling lost. The nurses kept coming and going, asking if I wanted to hold my son, have him on my skin, feed him. All questions yielded the same response. Not right now, please. I could see them whispering and making notes, and eventually they sent a social worker who asked if I was sad and wanted to talk to a counselor. Of course not. I was affronted. How dare they think I was sad? I was a queen. I had popped out a baby in two pushes and all was well. At least that's what I told myself. Fast forward to three weeks, and although a little better, I still wasn't connecting to my son. I mean, I was doing the actions that are expected, like taking care of him, feeding him, changing him, making sure he's safe and warm and content, but I wasn't connecting. I dared to say it to my husband. I think I'm depressed. Dun dun dun. Luckily, since my husband is in the medical field, he totally understood what I was going through. He recommended I seek therapy, and you know what? I did get the help. And I felt better, damn it. When I told my mom this before I got therapy, the first thing she said was, don't be ungrateful. Allah has given you a blessing. Go ask for forgiveness. Do you know how many people yearn for a child? That didn't help, mom. And y'all, I'm not throwing my mom under the microscope. She is a product of her upbringing and that didn't include mental health awareness. Many still struggle with it and this is a big problem in many societies, especially Muslim ones, where Allah is the only healer. And He is. But Allah has also made people who can help you in the healing process, such as doctors, lawyers who can help you with troubling times, and also therapists who can help when your mind needs it. 
And funny thing is, Islam doesn't say not to get help, but likewise it doesn't say to get help. Mental health awareness was not there 1400 years ago. It is up to interpretation and modernizing your belief system to fit in with society. That's why I had to seek out answers, and I turned to someone I trust with this. Well, because she's an expert, and you should always go to an expert, right? My friend Dr. Shiza Mosin is a couples and family counselor who has special focus on South Asians, especially Muslims. I reached out to her and picked her brain for a good while to get answers, to get insight into how can we deal with those who have mental illnesses, be it ourselves or someone in our family or community. How do we deal with it when our faith can become a hindrance? So here is part one of my conversation with Shiza. We met up at her home office in Salt Lake, Texas, a cozy room with warm color palette and welcoming furnishings. So, okay, we're talking about struggles of families with mental illness. It's not just families taking care of someone with mental illness or someone who may also have a mental illness. Okay, so why this struggle, especially now that being in therapy is almost a fashion statement where you will hear someone openly say, oh, my therapist said this, or I go to therapy, and then you have people who just don't want to say it. Absolutely. So my best comparison when you think of therapy, Farheen, for Mm -hmm. your listeners, you have to look at it very similar to going to the gym. Yes, it's very fashionable to have gym membership, but how many people go there and actually work out? So, you know, just because you are going for therapy doesn't mean you're doing your work there. A lot of times the first step is getting comfortable with the idea of therapy, the idea of talking to a strange person about your issues, the idea of understanding that this person is not going to tell your relatives and your family members Mm. and other people. So you have confidentiality, the idea of the comfort and safety of hearing your own thoughts. Mm, So this is step one. And so when you say somebody's going for therapy, it means different things for different age groups, different genders, different communities. I don't know if that's making sense. It does. And then you had mentioned also uh, before that uh, that people find it fashionable, but then that's a millennial thing. Absolutely. (laughs) So I was telling you when we were having this conversation that, you know, I noticed a very, very stark difference between my younger clients. So I'll say millenniums and younger, millennials and younger, and then the older ones, which is like 40 plus and so forth. And my boomers. And there is there (laughs) is that stigma of counseling stigma of feeling shame for being broken, for not having a successful marriage, not having sexual intimacy in your marriage, having a partner commit infidelity, Mm. um, having gone through some kind of abuse in your childhood or taking care of a child that has a neurological disorder, learning disability or mental illness. uh, Those are all things that bring about shame because as a community, we promote perfectionism. Everything that's perfect is reportable, and that's not necessarily healthy. Uh, because we all want to kind of hide away, and I think it also goes back, this kind of relates to social media, and I say social media in the broad sense because you have to maintain this facade, this image to the public world that everything's fine. So I think when people, even you know millennial, millennial or not when they have to talk to a therapist or counselor or anyone they feel like well this will be a crack in my facade that i've maintained for the public setting absolutely you said that so well and i'll tell you but in so many times i have my clients who feel shame even telling me that somebody's social media post 
impacted them mm -hmm. because they feel like they're being so petty and they will frame it for me in saying I know I'm being petty because yeah. we're just not used to owning our feelings and realizing that this impacts us yes. so for every one person that you are genuinely happy for when they post there is another person that you may feel a sense of envy yes. or a, a feel a sense of oh wow they have what I'm craving mm-hmm and that is something we have to own and that can only be owned when you are familiar with creating safety for your own feelings and that's yes. what you get in therapy and counseling it's a safe place where you can untangle and really notice your thoughts and say you know i'm hurting because my spouse doesn't pay attention to me i'm hurting because my child is not doing well and look at all these people posting accolades about their children yes. being successful and I'm hurting because I'm noticing everybody's daughter's getting married and mine is struggling to find a mate yes. so all of those things are very impactful and we minimize because we have so much shame that we're doing we're doing something wrong and it's our fault that this is happening yeah and and these facades I mean we could do a whole show on facades and we might have to because <laughs> that is also a big problem because we see all these things online and assume that like you just said why not me why can't I have the good things as well so is there a taboo to mental illness which we know that's a very broad question but let's focus on especially in the Muslims do you feel like Muslims because we're told to focus on God and prayer and Allah and ask the high and mighty don't you know go for these like quote unquote quack sciences because you have God you have everything so do you find this taboo perpetuate in the Muslim community more I do I see it but before I, I envelop our entire community mm -hmm. in that I want to say that we have a burgeoning community that accesses mental health okay uh, counseling and I will tell you because I work with clients within you know Texas here and then outside of North America I will work with many clients and what I'm noticing is that definitely it there's an increase but okay. as a community at large we are way behind okay uh, and part of it could be because we are you know the newest of the monotheistic religions. true Judaism Christianity have been there for so long that they know how to coexist you will find a pastor in a church or a rabbi in a synagogue say you know what this is my piece and I think you need to go see a counselor mm. that is just about starting to begin yes in our community and I can't tell you how many times because I specialize in marriage yes I find couples who have been not counseled correctly yes. by religious leaders in our community I'm sure, I'm sure. and uh, it, you know I know that they have good intentions but claiming yourself to be a relationship expert yes is really risky if you haven't had the professional the training, training the right training. Uh, you know uh, for it so I notice that a lot in our community yes and I've actually uh, and along the same lines I know that n the newer generation of uh, faith leaders are more cognizant like I asked our um, mosque uh, Imam and I was like so if, if someone came up to you and said I have depression I feel like killing myself what would you say to them he's like well I would say to them look that's not something that Islam promotes but you should pray but you should also seek professional help do you want me to refer to you to someone and I was like, well, that's a positive answer. And then likewise, I asked an older faith leader. They said totally opposite. Like, oh, well, you should recite this um, surah and then say this ayat and then list all your grateful things and you'll be fine. 
And I said, well, you see that exactly what you said that, you know, that it they can be going forward. And because the other religions do have this more history to them, I think they've learned to coexist with mental health and faith. But Islam is slowly catching up. We're not there yet, but hopefully we will be. And along the same lines, there is a taboo and sort of disdain to seeking professional help. Um, and I'll put it out there as I usually do. When I had PPD, I wasn't ever diagnosed with postpartum depression, but I, as you know, someone who's worked in this field before, I could you know see the check marks. I was like, I'm not connecting with my second one. Even at the hospital, I was like, he was a very easy delivery. Pregnancy, labor delivery, all perfect came right out and they were like would you like skin to sing and I was like no can you clean him up first they cleaned him up brought him back would you like to hold him now no then the next day she, she was like well you want to try feeding him and I was like no not really you can just give him formula <laughs> like I was totally disconnected from this baby who had absolutely done nothing of course but that disconnect was there and thank goodness my husband is in the medical profession so he was like I think you need some help likewise I'm not throwing my mom under the bus but because of the time that she's from she was like oh be grateful to God you have a child there are people in the world who can't even get pregnant and here you have a beautiful baby already and another one right here how can and look how beautiful he is and it took me honestly she's a, a good three months not joking three months typical three to five months that I was like Thank goodness my husband stepped up, but I remember I was feeling like, and you know what? Even though as someone who knows that this field is important, I was like, no, no, I can handle it. I can handle it. Until he said, you know what? Why don't you just go talk to a counselor? The hospital provides the service. It's part of our insurance. Just go talk to someone. And I I went, I talked to someone and I was like, okay. So, and they were like, well, do you feel like you need medication? Do you feel like harming the baby? I was like, no, 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 absolutely not. I love him. I just don't want to hold him. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. So think about it, uh, Farin, and part of it is that education and awareness because mm-hmm. your husband was open-minded enough yes. to say you need to go talk to somebody. There's so many husbands who not only will discourage it yes. and be upset that their family secret is out, yes. that they will also judge their um, family members uh, that there is something wrong with them. Yes. So so I want to take one step back and I really want to talk about this whole idea of the stigma. So think about it this way. Just because a woman and man know how to reproduce yes. does not make them good parents. <laughs> Just because you know and exercise the religious right to marriage yes. does not mean you know how to be in a healthy relationship. Exactly. Just because this is a human being doesn't mean you know how to deal with it, especially if the brain is wired yes. a little differently. There is a science behind it, just like the science of kidneys and livers and exactly. heart and lungs. And it is minimized, and a lot of times you'll you'll hear experts talk about the brain being treated like a stepchild, <laughs> that a step organ. Yeah. Like and 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 now, thank goodness, community society has gone forward where the stepchild thing doesn't happen. Families yes. are a lot more healthy. Uh, so so the brain is looked at this at this organ that just because you have a mind should mean that you should know how to work it. Exactly. That you know that doesn't come naturally. No, true, it doesn't. And this is a very good point that like the stepchild, it's like, the, you know, you're there, but the heart is so important. And then this is important right. and take care of yourself. But then growing your mind is equally important. 
and you know that that's why this disdain this you know this interest towards mental health really needs to, i mean and the only way to i think get rid of it is educate educate talk about it and make i think some taboo topics part of the main society i recently went to one of um the mosques here and i was like i think we should talk about suicide because suicide has gone up a hundred percent in the past i think 10 years statistics scared me because you only hear like oh this has increased by 10 percent two percent five percent one hundred percent means like that's like a boom a jump and the response i got was oh no muslim kids don't do suicide and i was like Which I know so Muslim far. people who've yeah. committed suicide. I know some people who've done it. And I was like, in faith, it feels like if you talk about it, then you're kind of saying it's okay to do it. But that's so opposite. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, the opposite. It is so sad. And I will tell you, one of the most impacted populations with um, crises and uh, uh, horrible uh, experience of suicide is our teenagers. Yes. And a lot of times you will find that because of lack of education of the parents, not picking up the cues of when they need help, yep. so many of these kids feel extremely isolated yes. in their situations and they feel helpless and they feel like going away from this world will be a bigger gift to their parents than yes. dealing with whatever challenge they're dealing with yeah. because that shame is really moving on from the parent to the child and projected yeah. there so it's a really really tough situation and i feel if not for anything to give our new generation a chance parents adults should really educate themselves in mental yes. health so they can support our next generation in mm-hmm. a healthy way so i'm going to stop the conversation right there and we will pick up next time. I know I can put this all out there and make this one big long podcast episode, but I don't want to do that only because I want you to absorb what is being said. It is very important. And I'm sure if you can listen to this and go back and feel like, hey, I know someone who's going through this or even heck, I'm going through this. It's time to look inside. Until next time when I'm back, take care of yourself and each other. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at M3Freeni. That's M3FREENI. Email us at M3Freeni at gmail.com.